0: back to Inside the Box. I'm Jonathan Bollinger. Thanks again for joining us on this mini episode. It's been great this season to have you all coming on back to listen, and I know, uh, speaking for Steve and Andrew, we really do appreciate it. So, at this point in the season, we're just about halfway. We hope that you've listened to the brand new uh, episodes, main episodes in the Free channel, which you're hearing uh, uh, this current mini episode within. And if you have, you've heard stories about uh, why uh, the NFL is having such high scoring games these days. You've also heard a two part episode on the 1970s mini series Holocaust with a special guest, uh, expert, uh, Dr. Craig uh, Kunin. And most recently, we've talked about the phenomenon of binge-watching within contemporary and and somewhat recent television history uh, with a special guest, uh, Dr. Emil uh, Steiner. So what I want to do is to tease for you sort of where we're going with the rest of the season, remind you about a few things, and then get into a very short, uh, i.e. (laughs) mini-topic for today's mini-episode. So... Where we're we're going for the season, uh, if you stay with us, is you're going to hear some episodes about uh, one of Steve's other favorite topics, which is the myth of the lost cause in mid-20th century television. We also are going to have both uh, a new episode and also re-release an episode from the Archive that deals with the famous uh, Dumont Network. And I have a sort of twist on that, which I won't completely reveal at this point, but you'll hear that in the new episode about how to think about Dumont these days. And then we'll also discuss uh, sports again, uh, but this time with sports TV rights, because uh, Steve really really does love that topic, and he's much more uh, up to speed on it than I ever, ever was or, or will be. But he has some insights about sort of that shifting landscape uh, with television and sports rights. And then toward the end of the season, we're also going to do a special uh, holiday or Christmas episode. And uh, we're going to have a very special guest for that. Uh, no, it's not Santa, but uh, almost as good. Uh, but I'll tease that a little bit later. We have a very special guest who uh, is really an expert on this topic. And we'll release that uh, closer to the, to the holidays. Now, along with all that, of course, you're also going to get, if you choose to donate to the Patreon Archive, brand new uh, bonus episodes. Now, I'm not going to reveal all the topics for the bonus episodes because I like those to be sort of a surprise for those of you who do, uh, do choose to donate. And so we'll just, uh, we'll just say that we hope that you have been enjoying the bonus episodes that, uh, that have been released so far. And those topics include, uh, just to whet your appetite here, uh, we did an episode on uh, particular after-SCTV specials that particular cast members created in the mid-to-late 1980s. We also talked about a very special uh, Superman special that had a very unexpected connection to none other than Lauren Michaels, And we also did a bonus episode on music infomercials. So if those topics and a lot more coming down the road uh, might be of interest to you, then again, please consider, or, or maybe turning a friend on to possibly donating to the Patreon. So we're halfway through the season, and if you've been listening regularly, you've received brand new mini episodes, brand new main episodes, also absolutely free Mining the Archive episodes from the Mining the Archive Mondays, and if you choose to donate to the Patreon, access to the full archive, as well as brand new bonus episodes. Simply put, it's a lot of content, and we hope you've been enjoying it. And in fact, we hope we haven't been inundating you with too much content, because Lord knows that is the sign of the the times, right? There's just too much content uh, for us to really consume and, and still have a life. (laughs) So, uh, what I'd like to do today is not overwhelm you with too much information by just engaging with a very short, very simple topic that I was thinking about recently, and realize that this is sort of a, a duh, right, sort of like an obvious insight, but it's just one that I was surprised that I didn't find more examples of. So, here's where I'm thinking. If we talk about TV history, we know that, particularly in certain periods uh, prior to now, which is sort of like a second golden age of television, is we kind of suffered through some really lowest common denominator kinds of programming. And one of the staples there were action shows. And action shows, much like most television, of course, were led by male protagonists. And these action shows were sometimes about the male protagonist, but they were actually almost more about some sort of vehicle that was also featured in the program. And this is where I say it's sort of obvious and simple in that, you know, we can ask, why is that? And that's been been answered, right? Or, Or we already know that. So it goes like this. We have a tendency within U.S. culture to sort of, you know, fetishize vehicles, right? We've had a love affair with our cars ever since we've, we've had the quote-unquote horseless carriage. And at the same time, we tend to sort of construct masculinity in this country in a way where, you know, little boys uh, sort of are meant to only like, you know, uh, 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 construction trucks and play with vehicles and pretend that they're sort of driving something or operating something right and then if we are creating narratives where they're put into action then their imagination goes that way right To so they're they're operating some vehicle right uh, uh you know you remember from being a kid even if you weren't into it you remember those commercials on tv for the monster truck events that were happening at you know the the War Memorial Coliseum or wherever you lived, right? And and even if you weren't into it, it was like, ooh, right, that's kind of interesting or or, or fun-looking, these big, powerful trucks, you know? So part of it is this idea that, you know, if we're we're marketing uh, programs to little boys, you know, action shows to little boys, then, hey, you know, they're going to be interested in some sort of vehicle. And... The other element, of course, is as we become more sophisticated with intellectual property and, or IP, we also know that now we have sort of this toy-etic potential when we do marketing and when we do IP, meaning, hey, we could sell merchandise off of this, right? We can make this into a literal toy. Uh, the most famous example, and I, I realize you've heard this one a million times, but I'll say it anyway is the joel schumacher you know batman and robin film from the the late 90s you know it was basically almost working in conjunction between the studio and uh and the toy maker toy maker rather uh to make sure that there were elements within the film that could be sold specifically right as a toy so where i'm going with all this is i sort of asked myself you know it's obvious in current days that lots of different people in, our, in all walks of life have a love affair for, for cars and vehicles. Uh, we see this on social media. Uh, you know, everyone sort of has their love for something. And in particular, women, right? Uh, we all have, have folks in our lives who happen to be women who, you know, they love whatever. They love their sedan. They love their Jeep. They love their watercraft. Uh, maybe they even do some, uh, you know, model airplane flying or something, right? Uh, maybe they have a, own a snowmobile or something, I don't know, and they, they tool around in the wintertime. The point is, is that everyone sort of has a love affair. Hell, it could just be a bicycle, but everybody sort of has a love affair with some kind of vehicle, I, I would assume. And so that's where this idea started. I was like, huh, I wonder if there's really ever been a television protagonist who is a woman. Now, admittedly, that's a much shorter supply than the grand inventory of television, of course, because of, you know, the history, history of decades of inequality. But that being said, you know, has there been a female protagonist who either co-starred in a, in a production with a vehicle or, uh, or was literally playing second banana, second fiddle, to the true quote-unquote star of the show, which would be the vehicle, because Lord knows we've seen that happen in the past. And so, real quick, I'm just going to go down the, the the common examples that we most of us are quite aware of, and this is in no way exhaustive, folks. This is, you know, this is a quick mini-episode. I'm just trying to get the ideas out there, but I haven't had the the, the time, really, to, to to be as thorough with this as I should. But just off the top of my head, you know we look at uh we look at uh examples like the 1966 a, a version of Batman as a television show and of course the famous uh futura turned into the George Barris Batmobile right uh, and so yes Batman's the star of the show but but that that vehicle right has captured our imaginations and then you know uh the monkeys right the monkeys had their own car and uh and the monsters they had their own car and then you had uh you know moving ahead real real quick here right so dukes of hazard uh dukes of hazard uh you know the the general lee uh, knight rider uh, uh, kit you know the talking car and there's some other examples as well uh, and i'll get into this particular genre in a second But my point is, or I should say, the A-team and the van, right? Blah, blah, blah. If you go through this, uh, there's quite a few examples of action shows that are starring both the male protagonist and the car, or the vehicle, or the airplane, or the helicopter, or, or whatever. So, you know, where does this happen? Has this happened much with a female protagonist? And... What I guess I shouldn't be super surprised about this, but what I was coming up with was that the best chance for having examples of this uh, was the genre of of comic books or comic book-based television programming. So if we go back to the, the Batman 1966 television program, there we have Yvonne Craig as Batgirl. And not only is she Batgirl, but she also gets her own special motorcycle, right? The Bat Cycle. and she even gets basically a theme, her own theme song, which is almost always played as she uh, uh, exits that transformation scene by getting on the motorcycle and shooting out of her sort of secret, you know, secret apartment uh, uh, hideout. So. We, we definitely have that example, but it's always, I shouldn't say it's always, but it's mostly contained within these sort of fantastical comic book uh, comic book elements. And we see this again uh, later in the in the late 1970s, or I should say mid to late 1970s with uh, Wonder Woman, right? Now, Wonder Woman isn't a character who's necessarily really known for vehicles as much as she is equipment, right? She's got the tiara and the bracelets and the and the lasso of truth and 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 I'm sure there's other sort of uh, feels like more lately there's more swords and things. but you know the one vehicle she is famous for and whether you think it's sort of a silly thing or not, it probably is silly because a lot of comic book stuff is silly even though you know I certainly grew up with it uh, you know, the invisible jet and that was even featured in in the TV show. Uh, but again, we really don't see that closeness of the relationship i would argue like we do with the male protagonist right it, it, others have made the argument that in a lot of ways it's sort of like the the updated version of the western right where the lonesome cowboy the loner you know the the, the man who's going to stand against you know injustice uh yeah he has a love interest sometimes but a lot of times his sort of companionship is his horse Right, he sort of finds himself talking to the horse, etc. And in a lot of ways, those vehicles who star in these male-driven uh, uh, episodes or, or programs, you know, they sort of serve that same that same purpose. So I would argue is that you don't quite see that same relationship between, say, you know, Batgirl and the Bat Cycle or Wonder Woman and her invisible, in invisible jet in, in quite the same way. And around that same period of time, we get. I would say an example that gets a little closer to what I'm talking about. Again, that example being what I mentioned before, the Dukes of Hazard, because while certainly that that charger, the orange charger, the the uh, the General Lee, is the, certainly the star of the show. Uh, now. Obviously, I, I, I know that was proven not to be true, right? They famously, you know, didn't want to pay the leads, and then they went on strike, and they hired the, the substitutes, right, and that the ratings went down. They didn't think it was going to go down because they thought the car was really the star of the show, right? But you know what I mean, right? The car was a huge element of it. But I think what people forget, and probably as a way to sell merchandise, etc., but they pretty much gave every main character in that show their own car, right everyone had that so uh, i don't remember all of these exactly um but i think uncle jesse was it uncle was it uncle jesse i can't remember god i can't remember the name of the the character um, i think he had some sort of truck and of course the cops had their cop cars which always kind of went off the roads or fell into a ditch or whatever uh, the antagonist boss hog he had some sort of like convertible limo thing, something with like the big horns on the front. And then what I'm getting to is is even Daisy Duke she had if I if memory serves, I think she had like a yellow some sort of sports car or something in the beginning and then eventually she got her own Jeep And you know, she certainly wasn't the focus of those episodes and she certainly didn't have a lot of agency in those uh in that program right she was mainly there particularly in the early seasons as to just simply be eye candy for mostly male audiences although i'm sure some of the young the young ladies were also looking at her as well uh but for you know for what it's worth she did have her own vehicle she did uh, sort of control that vehicle uh it was unique to her etc so weirdly uh in a show that's you know kind of very simplistic and cartoonish in its own way uh weirdly sort of a stronger relationship there i would argue between her and that vehicle then you might see in, say, like a Wonder Woman, right, who wasn't really defined by her, her vehicle and didn't seem to really spend a whole lot, of, whole lot of time with it. And then just a couple other examples real quick, and then, and then I'll, I'll sort of wrap this mini idea up. But within the comic book genre that I don't know real well, I know more from the name of it, and I forget. I feel like they might have been, uh, this is the 1990s, it might have been like a B-movie series that was either cable or direct-to-DVD or something, but it's another sort of off-brand comic book character called, it's either The Black Scorpion or Black Scorpion, but they ended up making a TV show about this. But as a sort of, you know, Batman rip-off kind of character, uh, sorry, Scorpion was a, a, a woman, uh, very prominently featured her car. And I, don't, I honestly, I don't know the name of the car. I forgot to look it up but very feature, very prominently featured in the publicity materials, and I assume is probably in a lot of the episodes, etc. So, uh, to be expected, right? Because Batman was always close to the car, so she gets a car. So that, I think, counts. And then, the only other one that I could think of off the top of my head, and this is where I'd ask you, if you, know, if you have other examples, where, uh, you know, and again, I, I kind of hope it isn't comic book based, where a, a woman who is the protagonist of the story actually has a very strong relationship with, I don't know, the boat she owns or the helicopter she owns or drives or flies or whatever, right? Uh, let me know. But the only other one I could think of recently was actually a comedy. I haven't never actually watched an episode of it. I've only seen clips here and there. But that NBC comedy, workplace comedy, American Auto. And I'm only going to guess here that... Uh, Uh, Anna Gasteyer, who's an SNL comedian, uh, who also was on Lady Dynamite, uh, you know, she seems to be prominent in that show as some sort of probably CEO or head of the, the, the company. And so it's all about sort of the American auto industry. So I assume that cars play a big role in that. And I'm sure that she as a character probably loves her cars or has a real strong opinion of her cars. Again, it's a guess on my part. So... Not quite the sort of simplistic action adventure situation where they're going through this sort of cliffhangers and deftifying situations together, you know, uh, master and and, uh, and and sidekick, right? Uh, 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 either a horse or a car, but you know, I think it's it it also sort of is interesting that you know it really literally takes to this day and age in a comedy about the auto industry that we're finally getting to the point where you see uh, both a a woman as main character and also it's within a traditionally male-dominated, you know, dominated industry. So again, a lot of that is guessing on my part. Um, I might be totally, I I might be interpreting that situation comedy totally wrong. But my main point here is I just, I don't think there's a ton of examples. I actually would hope to be wrong here. And that I'm just forgetting some examples outside of the comic book genre, where a car, uh, a boat, a plane, <laughs> a jet ski, a snowmobile, a windcraft, sea craft, windcraft, whatever, uh, you know, is sort of locked in with the the female protagonist. It's part of her identity. She has a relationship with it, etc. Right, much in the same way as that. You know, she might have a love interest, but really, her heart's with her horse, right? Or her heart's with her her vehicle. And I can't think of too many other examples, which I was just a little surprised at, because I thought by this day and age, there there might be there might be more uh, uh, of them. So, looking at the time for this mini episode, I think that's about as far down the road I'm gonna gonna go on this uh, very simple idea, but. If you do know of a different example, feel free to email us off the main show page or just direct message us on social media uh, any way you like if you know of other examples uh, because we can always revisit this in a full episode either free or, or bonus. So with that, on behalf of Andrew J. Salvati and Steve Voorhees, I'm Jonathan Bullinger and we thank you again for downloading and listening to this episode. And we hope whether you listen to only the mini episodes or only the free episodes or maybe just the, the Mind the Archive Mondays episodes, whatever you've been listening to, we do appreciate it and we hope that you're enjoying it. So we'll catch you down the road. Thanks again and bye bye.